there's one thing I want to do tonight. I don't want to rush. I want to make sure we take our time and just really enjoy the Holy Spirit, enjoy our time with each other. Uh, the whole point of this evening um, and next Wednesday, it's, it's called Harp and Bowl. And it's, it's to give you a new launching platform to jump off into something maybe you've never done before. Uh, it's not the only prayer format. Um, I don't even do it 100% like the people that I'm stealing it from. <laughs> so I've changed it a little bit. People, if you look around, a lot of house of prayers have changed it um, quite a bit. So it, it's really, I, I don't want it to be um, that I'm teaching you rules that you have to follow. I'm hopefully just introducing you to ideas that you can cultivate to make our prayer times together corporately and when you're with people better and more enjoyable and stronger and more powerful. Um, so utilize what works, you know, you make it, make it yours. Uh, we're not Kansas City IHOP, so we aren't going to do everything like Kansas City IHOP. It's not going to work. Uh, one of the prayer houses I pull from is Austin House of Prayer in Texas. They do things a lot different than IHOP, and they are a house of prayer associated with them. Um, we're associated with Bethel as far as um, accountability, and we do a lot of things different than Bethel. And that's because we got a lot of different people, and it works, and it's beautiful, and it's how God intended it to be. So this is going to be a very, very interactive night, or else it's going to get really boring really fast. So prepare yourself now to interact, or we're going to be leaving before the sun goes down. <laughs> um, Harp and Bowl, any guesses or thoughts of what Harp and Bowl is? Starting off real bad. <laughs> Anyone? Prayer and worship, beautiful. It's exactly what it is. Harp and bowl, simply. Uh, Revelation 5.8. Anyone got their Bible? Who's got their Bible? Who wants to read Revelation 5.8? Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Good stuff, right? And tonight and next week, that is the only verse that we're going to be focused on. Uh, that's what everything is going to be stemming off of. Um, I'm going to point you in direction of some resources where Mike Bickle has found every scripture in the Bible that is related to harp and bowl. And for me to try to expound on that would need about a nine-month course. So we're going to do it in two weeks. We're going to kind of focus on that one, look at some of the models, and we'll give you a lot of resources. I'm hoping I leave you with more questions than I do answers over the next two weeks so that you guys really dive into it. Um, so harp and bowl, like you said, it's prayer and worship. That's where this model uh, was given. I think Mike Bickle was the first person with it. That's where he came up with the idea of doing harp and bowl in this format. Um, people have been doing prayer and worship together for a while, uh, but he kind of created some models that really helped um, facilitate it so that you could work together across teams and it would just make it a little bit easier for people instead of just kind of going at it blindly and saying, 
hey, you, you play guitar and you sing, and I like to pray, so let's, let's worship and pray together. And then it kind of is different every single time, and you can't get a lot of synergy going in that way uh, some of the times. Um, please don't take everything I say as literal tonight. It's, I'm just trying to get some of the basics. Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants. <laughs> so that, uh, you can know one chord on the guitar, and God can take over it better than anything else. Um, so what I want to ask right now is I want everyone to pick, are you a harp or are you a bowl? Which one do you, which one do you relate to the most? Because I feel like I'm both too. I feel like I'm definitely both. But if you had, like if you got to heaven and God was like, hey, either you're going to worship, or you're going to either be a harp or you're going to be a bowl, which one would you choose? So who would be a harp? Got a good bit of harps. And who would be a bowl for praying? Praying. Awesome. All right, so we're going to utilize that tonight. So I'm going to kind of talk to y'all a little bit individually. If you're both of them, that's awesome. I like being both too. I think a lot of people are both. But for tonight to practice some things, uh, we kind of have to define it a little bit. And we can cross lines depending on how much time we have. So first I want to talk um, types of prayer meetings. Did everyone get a handout? It should be two pages long. I got some right here. If anyone doesn't have some, it should be, yeah, it should be two pages. Both sided. Never mind. One page, both sides. One now. Oh, he did? That's awesome. I didn't know that. When did he do that? Long time ago? That's awesome. So apparently Mike Bickle did a conference here uh, for a long time ago. That's awesome. Um, so IHOP and Mike B What? Oh, cassette? Okay. So not in the past 15 years. <laughs> Mike Bickle did a conference here. So post 8-track pre-CD is the time frame that Mike Bickle's conference was. <laughs> Um, so Mike Bickle has a rule, his copyright rule is you have the right to copy. So I encourage you, uh, he has a website, it's MikeBickle.org, that is full of the past 20 years of his journey, teachings, PDFs, uh, videos, everything you could ever want to know on end times, harp and bowl, prayer, intercession, apostolic prayers. It's literally, if you took every day and got on that website, I guarantee you couldn't exhaust it. It's crazy how much information's on there. So we're, we've I've taken a little bit from that website. Um, first, let's talk about prayer meetings. What types of prayer meetings do we have? What categories would you say that we have? Do, does anyone have any different types of prayer meetings that you've scheduled, or are all prayer meetings kind of the same? Intercessory, okay, yeah. Healing focus, a healing prayer meeting. Corporate prayer. So I kind of, I, I broke it down into three that, um, and this is just uh, the uh, Mark Lilly doctrine. And the first one is pre-meeting. This is probably the one that we do the most often. And it's uh, before service, before an outreach, and you're specifically praying for that event that's about to happen. Uh, we do it every Sunday morning at 930 back in the prayer room. Uh, we do it usually before every kind of meeting, every kind of event, every kind of outreach. And you're not... You're, you're, you're typically in that moment, you're trying to agree with God on what he's about to do in the service, and you're asking him to do things as well. 
So there's kind of two focuses there. You're agreeing with him for what he wants to do, and then you're also asking something very specific for what's about to happen. So there's a very uh, restraint time on what you're looking for when you do like a pre-service prayer meeting. Uh, the most common type when we call a prayer meeting, in my opinion, is what uh, a lot of people refer to as free form. Uh, free form is little to no structure. It's usually a group of people gather together. They play a CD. They pray around the room individually. Uh, they may come together and pray in the middle you know, of the room and talk about a specific topic and pray for a specific topic. Um, these can range anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours, three hours. It's a lot like what we do at the burn or when we did 24-7 here for a week, we did uh, 24-7s of prayer and worship. That was very much free form. Uh, we were just, you know, you come in, there's not a real set focus. You might have something on your heart specifically that you're going to pray for, but as far as a corporate focus in those moments, you're just getting together to pray because we were supposed to pray. Does that make sense for that? Um, the last one is harp and bowl, which is what we're going to spend our time on. Uh, harp and bowl in the form that Mike Bickle's kind of established and IHOP and a lot of people have adopted is structured sets of one to two hours with a worship leader and a prayer leader, and it's always specific topics that are focused on during those sets. Uh, there's multiple types of structures within the harp and bowl. I, I, I broke it down to three. IHOP calls, there's four according to IHOP. So if you get into IHOP stuff, you'll see that they have four different types of set. So if you ever watched International House of Prayer, they're doing one of those four types of set every single time. Um, the first one, which is what we're going to focus on tonight, is called Worship with the Word. This is a singing seminary. Uh, the desire is set to explore a passage of Scripture as a team. So you pick a chapter, and we're going to go through this model here for the prayer format. You pick a um, chapter in the Bible, and as a team, you sing it, you expound on it, you sing it back and forth to each other. The prayer leader expounds on it and prays for it. And as a corporate body, you're focused on one verse at a time of God's Scripture. And so it completely unifies the whole room, the whole team, to explore the Scripture together. And you begin to discover things you didn't know about that passage. There's teams at IHOP that pick one chapter, and they do it for months together. And that's all they do. Every single time they do a worship with the Word set, they do that same chapter over and over and over again. And just keep pulling back layers and layers and layers of revelation just on one chapter of the Bible. Uh, intercession, this is one of my favorite sets. Uh, <laughs> this is a set that has a specific prayer topic or topics. It has a um, definite prayer leader or leaders. And the goal of the set is to engage the team and those in attendance with uh, God's heart on different prayer points. So in those kind of meetings, you're really looking, uh, we're going to actually discuss this one next week, so I'm pretty excited. So if your heart's really, really, really intercessory, next week's the week for you. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's one of my favorite sets. Uh, you, you're really going to be focused. You're going to be inviting people to pray with you. You're going to be praying together. You're going to be praying the scripture. You're going to be praying apostolic prayers, and you're just going to be pushing into God's presence uh, for a specific issue as a group. And uh, something powerful happens. We do this a lot in our free-form prayer meetings where we agree on one topic. And every time you get a group of people to agree on one topic, something always happens. Have you ever noticed that if you're in a meeting and, like, everyone just stops what they're doing? Even on Sunday mornings, at the pa one of the pastors or whoever's closing stops, and we end up going for one thing, one specific point. Um, something happens. Something shifts in the spirit. You can feel it. You can feel power. You can feel what God's doing in those moments. And this is a one to two hour set of going for those moments where you're engaging everyone 
in the congregation, who's at the prayer meeting, everyone that's on stage together, you're engaging together for a specific point to hit those power moments in the spirit where you're bringing heaven to earth for that moment. Um, devotional set, this would be similar to kind of what we did with worship tonight. Uh, the purpose of this set, um, this is where me and IHOP differ a little bit. IHOP has a devotional set, and they also have what's called a prophetic set. Uh, I kind of merged the two together, in my opinion. Uh, the purpose of the set is to provide an atmosphere of his presence to allow people to seek the Lord individually in a group setting. Uh, it can work really, really well in a free-form meeting if you're just needing someone to go up there and they just worship while you're praying in a group, um, kind of like we do with uh, the Burns a lot of times. Uh, a worship leader is all that's really needed in a devotional set. It can just be one person with a guitar or keyboard or whatever instrument they're playing to accomplish it. Uh, and you're just you're exploring God's heart. A lot of times prophetic comes out of it where you're singing God's heart over people. You're singing God's heart into the room. Um, you're singing what's on his mind. You're kind of just engaging with him. And there's not really a there's not a push to engage anyone in the room. It's just setting an atmosphere for everyone in the room to be in personal devotion, personal prayer, um, to engage individually as a corporate body, which I think uh, most of our prayer meetings is typically what it is that I've been a part of is we're individually praying in a corporate setting. Um, a lot of times that's w w what I find, and there's nothing wrong with that. that. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But I, I seem to find that that's what we uh, end up doing a lot of times. So we're going to get in to the handout. First thing I want to do is who gets nervous coming on stage and singing or speaking? Be honest. Singing or, or speaking? Or who gets nervous in front of people in these kind of situations? Who gets, and you're going to be too nervous to raise your hand, so it's kind of a catch-22, isn't it? <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm too nervous to raise my hand to tell them I'm too nervous to actually get up. <laughs> so what, what, what I feel is really powerful about this is this is 100% not about you. And uh, one of the things I wanted to do tonight is I want to take some personal time for us because even driving over here, Jamie goes, are you nervous? I said, yep, I am, you know. I haven't spoke, gosh, I haven't preached, and I was thinking about in the car, I haven't preached in 11 years. So I was like, wow, okay. And so I got to go and speak on harp and bowl, which is interesting for me because there's so much information that it's like two weeks. Okay, I got to I got to break down into two weeks. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Let's make it as powerful as possible, and that way it helps people the most. And um, one, one of the things they do a good job at IHOP about is they really deal with the fear of man um, and finding your confidence in Christ, finding your confidence in who he is, and just being able to let everything else roll off because there's a prayer that only you can pray. There's a song that only you can sing. Only you can interpret God's heart the way you see it. So we're missing something when you don't engage. We're missing a piece of who he is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so true because you're almost being selfish by being scared. Because you're robbing us of what you see and how you see God. Because he's created you different than me. So you see a different part. And that's what hopefully we'll find tonight when we're doing worship with the word. It's amazing the way different people interpret God's word. You can take seven words in one verse in the Bible and you can sing about it for 20 minutes because everyone's interpreting it differently. And they're seeing a different part and a different aspect and they're understanding it in a different way. So that's one thing that I want to deal with and we're, gonna, we're just going to pray into it right now.
We're just going to pray into it. Confidence in Christ, confidence in who he's made you to be, confident in what the Father's created you to do, confident in his voice inside of you, hearing him, opening your ears to his voice. So, God, we just speak right now that this room's just a place of peace. This room's just a place of confidence. This room's a place of love and of family. God, we just ask that you release confidence into the room. We ask that you just release your peace into the room. We just ask that you release your favor, your love. God, open our ears and our eyes and our minds to your opinion of us. Give us a revelation of who you see we are. Pray for a revelation of you as a father, God, to make this thing easy of stepping out, God. I just pray for confidence right now. God, we just release your love, and we know when that happens, fear goes. Your perfect love casts out all fear, God. God, we pray for courage. We pray for faith to be released right now, God. We won't let the fear of man rob us from sharing who you're showing us to be. We won't let it rob any more your revelation from being released into this earth. The beauty and the revelation of who you are, God, that only we can say our part, God. We won't let it be robbed anymore by the fear of man. We speak confidence. Right now, in Jesus' name, we speak your confidence. Jesus' name, amen. Only you can say it and only you can sing it. Only you can say it and only you can sing it. And it's not supposed to be like I do it. And it's not supposed to be like Pastor Mike does it or Pastor Tom does it. It's supposed to be like you do it. And that's what's so beautiful. And, and that's something that really, like, I love about this, this format is it works with any musical preference it works with any musical style. It works with any kind of language that you're used to. Um, I've heard jazz sets. I've heard gospel sets. I've heard um, heavier sets. I've heard acoustic sets. I've heard reggae sets. You know, any musical style, whatever God's created in you, musical style and preference doesn't matter with the model. It fits into it. It only shows more uniqueness. It works regardless. And so... Um, I'm pretty excited to get into this. Y'all ready? All right. So worship with the word prayer format. I'm going to read through some of this just because I was trying to paraphrase it, and I realized that what Mike Bickle wrote was better than what I was trying to paraphrase it as, so I'm going to read it. Um, we have five purposes for this prayer format. First, to train teams in the word by systematically singing through large portions of it. Second, to develop scriptural language and confidence in prophetic singing. Teams will discover new passages to use in other formats. Third, to provide a context for worship teams to enjoy flowing together in prayer. Fourth, to provide an anointed atmosphere that others in the room may be blessed as they study. Fifth, to engage in spiritual warfare. This happens whenever we are in agreement with God's heart. I always love that part. Spiritual warfare happens anytime we're in agreement with God's heart. That's so cool. 
If you, if you just think about it, if you let that sink in, like any time you ask for his will to be done and you're in agreement with that, you're in opposition of the enemy. So you're immediately engaged in spiritual warfare. A lot of times we think spiritual warfare, we're like actively engaging in spiritual warfare, just speaking his name and who he is and that he's holy and that he's good and that he's righteous and that his love endures. All of that spiritual warfare, we're engaging in it every day. Um, usually we will sing systematically through large portions of scripture. As a rule, we will sing through a worship outline that will cover an entire chapter in scripture. Occasionally we will develop worship outlines along themes. In this, we function as a singing seminary or as a singing theologians as we sing a chapter from the Psalms, Song of Solomon, use interpretive language from IHOP's Song of Solomon outline. You don't have to do that. Or Revelation or other chapters easily singable. Most often we will choose a psalm, um, Psalmody is the practice of arranging the psalms for singing and worship. So you don't have to go with just a psalm. You don't have to go with just a passage of scripture. You can say, man, let's do worship with the word about God's love. Let's do worship with the word about faith in the Lord. And you can pick scriptures that line up with that, and you sing through those, and you can teach people over an hour to two hours through worship and prayer about God's love, about his faithfulness, about his goodness, about his gentleness uh, through this. So worship cycle. So how do we do this in a practical sense? These are kind of the guidelines um, that we're going to be going through. WL refers to the worship leader and PL to the prayer leader. So in this format, you need a designated worship leader and a designated prayer leader. Worship cycle one, 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, so first thing you do, you start off with worship songs for 20 minutes to give the team in the room time to focus on the Lord. Uh, they always suggest doing something familiar to really get people engaged, to engage yourself. Uh, a lot of times we come in for the burn or we come in for a prayer meeting and or tonight and we've been working all day and you've been dealing with different wonderful people of the Lord and you aren't thinking about God in that moment. And so you need 10 or 15 or 20 minutes so that you can actually think about who he is and get your mind right and get your spirit right. And talk to yourself and say, I will praise the Lord. I will not be upset. I will get my mind right. I will focus on you. I will push away distractions. Uh, so you take 20 minutes and you engage in that. You just push as a team. You're just singing through a worship song, a couple worship songs, whatever you need to do. Um, after that, you do spontaneous singing for five minutes. Uh, what that is is that's just your heart to the Lord. That's what you can be going off of whatever you're just singing about. You can sing in the spirit. You can just sing without using words. You can just be melodic with tones if you want to. Um, you do that for about five minutes. If there's life on it, go longer. You know, if, it, if you're flowing in it and it's awesome, you don't have to be limited to these time frames. Then we develop a biblical passage, which is, uh, I always say this wrong, antiphonal singing, which is basically just singing back and forth to each other. You're just repeating to each other. Um, so it's got a lot of call and response and answering. So you're really engaging as a team with one another about God which it gets to be really fun. It gets to be really fun. Um, worship cycle two. So basically, you're going to set up six worship cycles typically in a two-hour set, and they're going to all be repeating through these things over and over again. You're going to go worship songs, spontaneous singing, develop a passage. Worship songs, spontaneous singing, develop a passage. And you just keep repeating that, and each time that you develop a passage, you're doing another couple verses from whatever chapter or another couple verses about whatever theme it is that you chose. Uh, so we're going to skip down to the A there. We aim for four to six uh, worship cycles. You may do more or less. As a rule, we finish a worship cycle by developing a passage. Um, then we begin another worship cycle by singing a worship song. 
However, if singing is flowing and a strong theme and you think you will lose momentum by changing the music, then occasionally you may choose to start the worship cycle with a spontaneous chorus instead of a regular worship song and then followed by spontaneous singing. So you can stay in that flow of spontaneous singing if you need to, if you're already in that moment. Um, the worship leader in this context, whoever's a worship leader, has a primary responsibility uh, for picking out the scriptures, for picking out the outline and having the set set up. Uh, I did some, did a little bit out at Z Hop in Charlotte when it was around, and uh, they, they were really good about having the whole thing cycled out on a sheet of paper in an outline where it said cycle one, cycle two, cycle three, and it had what scripture, and everyone had the same translation, and it was really easy to flow together and kind of know where you were going uh, for the evening. So the worship leader also, I mean, obviously it's not just the worship leader. It's just like when we lead on Sunday mornings, I like for the team to pick songs. I like to ask the drummer, hey, do you have a song you want to play? You know, is there something that's on your heart? And so you don't have to, you know, take it all and hold it tight and say, I pick it all. It's all mine. Um, let's go to the back side of this. So you may not use all of the chapters or all of the chapter that you wrote down in it. Um, the worship leader determines the uh, order in which the verses are sung to make the outline. For example, Psalm 24, you may start with verse 8, who is this king of glory? Then go to verse 1 through 3. So you, you don't have to be structured as far as going verse 1 through whatever. You can pick it and do whatever order you want, play around with it, whatever works good. Uh, the team may use that same outline for several weeks or as long as you want. And you also can study that chapter together. So if you're in women's group, men's group, small group, it's a fun idea, whatever you're talking on, Bring in five to ten minutes of just worship with the word together and sing it back and forth to each other. If you can't sing, we have a place for you. You can talk it back and forth. You don't have to sing it. You don't have to be melodic with it. And that's what the prayer leader does in worship with the word. They are literally just saying three to seven words, and that's it each, in, in between each time. So singing through a biblical sentence. So this is how you develop a passage. So this next section here, section two, is all about the third part of the worship cycle, developing a passage. So how do we sing through a scripture? How do we develop the passage? How, you know, what, what, what should we do? This, I, I have a different preference in IHOP. We'll go through this, and then I'll kind of tell you the way I like to do it. Um, singing through a biblical sentence that is established from one to three verses of scripture. When singing through the biblical sentence, we primarily use the wording of the text. Feel free to add an additional sentence using your own language to flow better with the text. For example, when singing Revelation 4, 8, holy, 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 we may add, you alone are the holy God who we adore. Select biblical sentences with phrases that are easy to express the heart of God, to express heart response to God. Emit phrases that are difficult to sing. In, in the biblical sentence with the name of God, O God, O Lord Almighty, that's something they do just to kind of signal each other that they're done singing that stanza and then they can go on to um, singing in response to each other. Uh, I've never been in an environment that's really been strict about that. IHOP um, is the only place I've ever seen that it's actually been strict on that. Uh, the worship leader sings through the first biblical sentence, followed by singer one and singer two, unless otherwise assigned by the worship leader. The prayer leader does not introduce a passage. That's where I differ. I prefer the prayer leader to introduce the passage. Um, I like them to read through, like if we're doing verse one through three. I like the prayer leader to read through verse one through three, and then we sing through those verses. That's just personal preference for me. Whatever works for you is fine. Um, we can learn to sing oracles by singing the biblical sentence with a declarative style. Isolating a phrase. This is the part where it starts getting fun. 
The prayer leader clearly designates, echoes one key phrase from the biblical sentence that the prophetic singers may develop by singing around it. The prayer leader's goal is to make one phrase obvious to the prophetic singers as a phrase from which to develop a theme. The prayer leader isolates only three to seven words from the biblical sentence. This makes an easy target for the singers so that we reach a swell or crescendo in singing in the word. That was that moment we were talking about with intercessor prayer where we hit those power moments where we feel like we've really brought heaven to earth. We've engaged with God to the point where his kingdom has come in this moment and we're sharing in his spirit together. <coughs> Developing themes through antiphonal singing. I should just practice saying that word for probably like 10, 10 days straight, and then I might be able to actually say it. 10 to 15 minutes unless life is on it. The prayer leader is to speak only short phrases, three to seven words, not sentences or paragraphs. The prayer leader may isolate phrases that causes us to branch out into other themes within the cycle. So in that situation, you would take, uh, if you're saying holy, 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 you can start going set apart, and then he's glorious, and then his dominion's there, and the next thing you know, you're singing about his power. And you've kind of led it from holy to talking about the Lord's power. So the prayer leader can kind of branch out from whatever that original theme is that you're in. Uh, they may emphasize this by exactly repeating a phrase that a singer just sang or by repeating their own phrase twice or by saying in the name of Jesus before a phrase. Often there will be more energy in the worship cycle if we would not linger too long in developing a passage. Spontaneous choruses. The chorus leader and or worship leader establishes spontaneous chorus for all, all to sing eight to ten times at any time. Choruses are most effective way to engage the room in any prayer format. I love this last thing. As a rule, pray for the sick as a team continues with worship. All right. Who's got questions so far? Any questions yet? I need, th I need let's do... Three volunteers that are singing-oriented and one prayer leader. So singing people. I need three volunteers. Yes, come on up. Come on up. Come on up. One more singer. All right, God, we rebuke the fear man again, Lord Jesus. <laughs> All right. And I need one prayer leader. Prayer leader. Come on up. Yes. All right. Prayer leader. Pick me your favorite psalm. What psalm is that? Psalm. psalm. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, everyone pack it in. You ready? <laughs> we got 176 verses to sing through. Y'all ready? <laughs> We're about to make it happen. All right, so we'll take uh, just, he said, 119, 105. So your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So we're just going to take that one verse. So does everyone understand what we're doing right now? And one thing we didn't add with that is the prayer leader can jump on with three to seven words to what they're singing as we're going. So when she's saying, show us the way, he can go, show us the way, Lord. And it's just short little punches of what's going on and what's being said. So when they're singing something or whatever, you're, you light my feet. And you're just saying these little things to agree with them and you're going back and forth as a group talking about who God is. Absolutely. Sure. And that would be a direction. That's where we talked about you can branch off. Remember, we, we discussed, hey, sometimes the prayer leader is going to branch you in a different direction. So in that situation, if you're a prayer leader 
And you say, because you're the way, the truth, and the life, Lord. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You repeat it, and now you've said a new thing, and they're going to listen to you. And at that point, when they're used to it, they're going to go, okay, you are the truth, Lord. You're the way. You know, and they're going to branch off, and the next thing you know, you're on that topic there. And then you can develop a course around that topic. Sound good. Worship leader one, two, three. Worship leader one, two, three. That's why I did it that way. Once you get more comfortable, um, you you have, at a, the way IHOP does it, they have worship leader, they have wor- person one, and then they have two and three. And then after that, it's just four, five, six. And the only two people that develop courses are worship leader and person one. Everyone else at IHOP only sings three to ten words at a time. And so you, what you're doing is you're listening and you always submit, like if we, if we weren't doing it in order, you always submit up. So if Sarah was about to sing at the same time as Heidi, Sarah would stop when she heard Heidi because Heidi's one and she's two. And so that's a way that you keep, like, organization while you're doing it so it doesn't get chaotic because it can get chaotic. But that's what the purpose of the flowing, and that's where you can branch out once you get used to it with each other. You branch out and you say, okay, hey, we don't have to follow one, two, three, four because you're comfortable with each other. And you have that idea of who's one, two, three, so you know who to not sing at that moment. Kind of like me, me and Jamie will lead worship, and if we're going in a spontaneous moment, and I hear her, and it's her song, she's leading that song, and I hear her going the same time as me, I'll back off because that's who's in charge at the moment or vice versa. And so that's just something that as a group you discuss, and you figure out how you want to work that out. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're the best singer and the second best singer and the third best singer, and then we cut your mic off, but you're on stage, you know. That kind of <laughs> that's, that's not what it means at all. It's just simply to have organization in the set. And uh, if you watch IHOP enough, you'll notice that they all rotate through it constantly. Any questions about the format of it at all? All right. Who's got an instrument with them? One, two, three. We got three, four instruments with us, okay? We can do four groups. So we're going to break up into small groups, and we're going to practice this all together. Does that sound good? All right. So can we do one in the prayer room? We can do uh, one in the cafe maybe. We'll take a group. We might be able to do two in here. I think we can do two in here if we do one over here and one on that side over there. All right. So let's, uh, let's break up into groups. And, w- and something I want to encourage you guys, not everyone sings. I understand that. So if you don't sing, you can still be in this format, singer one, two, and three, and just speak whatever it is. You don't have to be melodic about it for this. This is just about enjoying it with each other. So if you don't feel comfortable singing or you don't think you can sing, 100% okay. You do? Yes. Well, why don't you take the fourth one then so I can just walk around and help if anyone needs it. Yeah. So we'll have two. You want to do a group over there for me? And then, Sarah, you want to do one over here? Dela Prayer Room. Daniel, you got cafe? All right, guys. So if you want to split up between the four groups, um, Daniel, Dela, y'all pick someone to pick out a psalm or a scripture for y'all to sing through. So whoever's a worship leader, y'all pick someone in the group to uh, get with them. And we'll meet back here at 740. We'll meet back here at 755. So we should be able to do two different cycles. Or at least. So we should have a group up front. Yeah, we have a group up front right here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, should have a group on the far left over here, one in the cafe, one in the prayer room. If there looks like there's a whole bunch of people in the group, go to a different group so that we can split it up even and go wherever you'd like. And you don't have to just have three singers. Y'all can do it to where y'all just go around the entire circle. 
All right, we're going to be wrapping things up, guys. I know everyone wants to get lost right now. So, if y'all want to jump back to the middle for just one minute, we got about three minutes, and I was posed a question that I want to kind of discuss. All right, so we're going to get, get finished up here, and I was posed with a question that I'd like to see if anyone thinks they can answer, um, because I, I feel like it's a great question. How, as someone in a situation where we're doing, say, worship with the word, and there's a group on stage, and you're at a prayer meeting in this, how do you engage as someone that's sitting in the chairs as opposed to someone on the platform? How can you avoid being confused by what's going on on the stage instead of being able to engage? Does that make sense? Did I, did I word that pretty good? So as opposed to having like typical worship songs where we're leading you in it and like that, how can you avoid as someone in the seats being confused and having a hard time engaging? And, and one of the things I look at with worship with the word, and um, I hope this answers the question, uh, worship with the word to me falls more in line with preaching a message than it does a worship set. So from a congregational standpoint, when you're in a worship with the word setting, um, you're being sung a seminary. You're being taught the word of the Lord from a congregational standpoint. It's the, it's the way that it's intended to be. Does that, does that make sense and help out at all, I hope? Um, so that's kind of, yeah. And, and it, it really is, there's, there's moments too I find um, where it can be confusing. Like I've even been here on worship on Sunday mornings and someone's leading and I'm like, I don't know any of these songs. I, and there's words on the screen and I'm like, I am trying to worship. I promise you I'm trying to worship. I just can't get there. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't know what's going on right now. Like I can't get it. I'm confused by the songs. I'm confused by the music. I feel like I'm trying to solve a puzzle and I'm not worshiping. You know, and so I think that those moments hit us regardless of the format we're using. We have those times where sometimes it just doesn't click. And that's okay, I think. And I think it's okay sometimes to have those moments where we don't click. Yes. Right. And, and it's for, for, for me, it's, it's to be open and honest with you. Um, sometimes it's, it's really hard to engage. It is. And that, I, yeah. Stuff going on at home. And, it's, and, and, and you know what I think, uh, and this is just me talking, not worshiping the word. I think it's 100% okay and God understands. I think there's a grace for that. You know, I think there's a complete grace where God's like, you know, I understand my kids hurting. Like, my daughter doesn't listen to me every single time I say her name. And I got grace for that because she's two and a half. And we're younger than that in the spirit and the grand, grand scheme of things with how much more mature God is than we are um, for my daughter. And, and there's a grace for, for not being there at that moment. And there's a grace for finding a way to engage. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yeah, make a joyful noise. I love it. And it's, and it's something, too, for me. If I was in a situation where, because um, I've been in a couple worship with word sets, and I found it hard personally to engage at times with it. Um, if you're trying to do your own personal study and all these people are just singing back and forth and doing all these things, and it's a lot of words and it's a lot of things happening, um, it can get disengaging. But it's also, 
it's really cool in those moments to, especially when you're on one verse, just to kind of be thinking about that verse over and over on in your head. Um, one of my things, me and my wife talk about it, we're completely different on this, and it's kind of one of my flaws, honestly, is I'm not real good at which is sitting down and praying for extended periods. But I probably talk to God every 30 seconds. Um, so it's one of those things where I feel like I, I walk with him because I'm thinking about him and I'm thinking about what he's doing and I'm engaged with him throughout the day. But I'm real bad about just sitting down and focusing and doing that 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour. I hear people saying, I prayed for an hour. I'm like, why? How? Who? When? How'd you find the time? <laughs> when was that? You know, like for me, it's, it's, it really is. It's difficult for me. Um, and for someone teaching harp and bowl, that's kind of funny for me to say, right? Um, but that's why I enjoy this prayer format. And that's why I enjoy this because I've been in Z-hop situations or house prayer situations or burn situations where I can go for six hours. I can go for eight hours. I can go for 10 hours. I can go for 12 hours and get done and be like, I don't want to keep doing it. Yes, my love. That's my wife, in case y'all didn't know. So it's <laughs> and I'm a big fan of corporate worship is meant to be done corporately. So it's okay to engage with one another. It's okay to, this sounds wrong, but it's okay to watch what's happening and be encouraged by it. Just like you would when you're listening to a message from a preacher. It's okay to be encouraged by what's going on and not become just an observer, but to partner with and just be like, man, this is good. You know, I tell, when we were talking with the worship teams, I say, you're supposed to be engaging with each other. You're doing this as a team. You should be looking at each other. You should be making eye contact. You should be encouraging each other and seeing each other and knowing what's going on with each other. And that's kind of what I was hoping as a family we'd be doing um, with the worship with the word is you want to be, I, I would love for us to have this many people at a prayer meeting and we're all engaged and we're just taking turns singing out prayers and intercession and worshiping with the word and doing all these things because we have enough people in here we just did four we just did four sets two hour sets we just covered eight hours with the groups we had in here right <laughs> so and that was that was impromptu and y'all did wonderful um any other questions or did i answer that questions yes we're going to talk about that next week i hop calls a popcorn prayer is what IHOP calls it. So that next week we're going to be talking about intercession. So we're going to be doing what we kind of just did, but in an intercession format. So in this, the roles will be reversed, whereas the prayer leader wasn't doing much. The prayer leader is going to be pretty much in control, and the singers will be singing around what the prayer leader is doing. And so we'll kind of be reversing the way things are going next week. Um, so you people that love to intercede, it's going to be a fun week. Um, how would everyone enjoy doing that? Y'all have fun? <laughs> so, awesome. Uh, maybe you can make a comment. Sometimes you'll notice on Sunday mornings, we'll, we'll come off, the worship leaders will, and I encourage this prophetically, they'll come off the, um, the scheduled song set and the lyrics, and they'll be into prophetic. A lot of the gang of sings together, they do this really well. But as a congregation, to enter into that prophetic place, sometimes... If you're if you're come from where I've come denominationally, you got the songs and it's all there and it's wrote. We sing it and that, and then you'll notice it, it, when they get into that prophetic song, Sarah will do this. She'll go off and, and where's the songs on that one? I don't. But she'll, yeah. And but so I want to encourage this core here. We, we really our heart. The reason we're doing this is to enter into that place of 
we come into a place instead of, I'm just singing lyrics and, yeah, we do that and we sit down. No, it's prophetically engaging and bringing this whole corporate worship into that place. So when just be attentive on Sunday. If you find all of a sudden the lyrics don't work anymore, listen to, usually it's, it's a set number of phrases, and they picked up on a theme. Either Pastor Mike will come up and he'll, he'll give a word. We're going to close out. We're, we're trying to be real deliberate in the closing out of worship. It's that moment. The closing of the sermon and the closing of the worship are key points of intersection where the Holy Spirit has an opportunity to engage who's here. And so I'm just asking you to be part of that choral group that says, oh, this is where we're at. All right. And we'll enter it because at that moment, the sovereign move of God, I've seen this happen. The sovereign mood of God will come in and he'll touch someone, heal them, or they'll they'll be in this place, oh, yeah, they get up to the altar, right? All right, so. Popcorn now. So I just want to encourage us here, too, because you guys notice, like, on Sunday morning, there's always, like, the crew. We're up here. There's a crew that's going for it. And, you know, there's some folks that are sitting in the back, and it just, you know, they're maybe a little bit non-expressive. But um, just, and as I was thinking as Mark was teaching, just, Oh, man, it's always our hearts to see the whole room engaged. And so I just want to encourage you to encourage other people on Sunday mornings to partake. You know, just encourage them to worship the Lord. And because uh, when we start going to that place together, it, incredible things can happen. There's some, there's some of a spiritual synergy um, that happens. And what, that's an energy that's created when there's uh, unity with each other. And uh, the best scripture I can think of is when Mary goes and John the Baptist leaps inside the womb when Jesus gets close. And they're both still inside the womb. There's something that happens when you're with someone that's like you that jumps inside of you and it starts to stir up and you just don't know what's going on. You just stir up and you stir up and you stir up. And that's why these moments, even though you didn't know what was going on tonight, you just have that synergy happen to where everyone's able to engage and feel the presence and know what's happening with God. So I want to I leave you with this. So these are the two handbooks from IHOP, Harp and Bowl handbooks. It's about 200 and some pages a piece, or 200 pages total that they teach on Harp and Bowl. And we did one page tonight. Okay, so I, wanna, I want you to be hungry. I want you to go out, explore it. I hope tonight has built up a hunger for something new and given you a, a, an ability to go after something different in God and given you a new way to explore. Uh, if it didn't, that's okay. We got next week, and if that done, that's okay. There's so many aspects of God. You know, he loves it. Um, but thank you, guys. I look forward to next week. Pastor Tom's got something to share with you real quick. First, let's say thanks to Jamie and Mark, eh? Good. And I understand that uh, Dela and Sarah are leading worship this weekend, so you're all part of the support team Sunday morning, right? All right. Good. Um, just an announcement, Laura Johnson wanted to announce Friday night is burn at 7 o'clock, so we'll go from 7 to midnight, just a time of worship, and we'll probably incorporate some of the scriptural reading and singing, and we'll just see how that goes. Um, but we're also doing parents' night out. So if you want a night out, just sign up on the way out. There's a sign-up sheet. If you expect to drop any children off uh, or encourage someone, to just sign up with them so that Laura knows how many she's going to prepare for. And that's from 6 to 9, I think. Is that right? 6 to 9, Friday night. So you have a night out as parents. Come to, if you want to come to burn or go to eat and then come to burn, however you want to do it. Let us know. All right, let's pray and let's stand up. Let's, uh, Lord, we, would just, we know that your word says you inhabit the praise of your people. 
So, and also that your word is active. As Hebrews 4 says, your word is active, it's alive, it's sharp. So when we sing the word, it's your word. No wonder you like it. And so, and no wonder you inhabit it. So we just, uh, Lord, give us that, uh, that uh, ability to enter into the gates, to come into your courts with praise. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Bless each one tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being here.